to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have nots, we are not afraid. Our stories are afraid. They are not perfect. We believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1, 17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our afraid knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall, and you're listening to Afraid Not. This podcast is with Debbie Roberts, and we are so excited to have her. Debbie is a mom of three beautiful girls, and two of them are grown. One is she is still raising. She is the counselor secretary at Owasso High School, and we love her there. She's also a driver's ed instructor, so she's very brave. Um, And she was raised by deaf parents, and she's going to talk about that a little bit, too. I love that her story is such a great example of God's redemption, of beauty from ashes, and of her being able to be on the other side of a lot of anger and bitterness, and just what a wonderful example she is of someone that said, I'm not going to be bitter the rest of my life. I'm just not. And I just really appreciate her getting vulnerable with us. You're going to love her story and her zest and her black and white, uh, tell it like it is nature. She's great. So listen in. Hi, Debbie. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. I'm glad to be here. And I am thrilled you're here. And I want to tell our listeners that I go back with Debbie so many sweet years ago, not just in Owasso, but we met when I had little bitty babies Mm -hmm. and Debbie was willing to come and help in any way she could with what was going on at Council Road Baptist Church and the ministry that you did for me, Debbie, to be willing to come to our youth camp Mm -hmm. to help watch over my children to be a part of things and allow me to lead a small group of teenage girls. I mean, I just think back with such fondness mm-hmm. and remembering driving to camp together. And so those are some sweet memories. We go, we go way back. We, we do go way back. We do. Because yeah. <laughs> that, the oldest, the one that you were helping to watch is now a married woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't need a babysitter yeah, anymore. No, she doesn't. And, <laughs> and Eric doesn't need to ride around in a cart at Walmart and ask for a basketball. So... <laughs> <laughs> And anybody that's gone through the counseling office at Owasso High School knows Debbie Roberts. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. So Debbie is the secretary in the counseling office at the high school and does a great job. And everybody knows Debbie. In fact, I think that Debbie helps run the school. Truly. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't have Debbie at the helm, there would be chaos amok. (laughs) If you need a transcript sent somewhere, Debbie's your guy. She's on it. So... Oh, that's funny. Okay, so introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, my name is Debbie Roberts, and I have three beautiful daughters. Amanda is married and has two stepchildren, lives here in Owasso. Kayla is a pediatric RN and lives in Sacramento, California. And then I have a very active 13-year-old, Darcy, who is in eighth grade. Amanda and Kayla are both my biological children, and Darcy is adopted from China. 
As it's already been mentioned, I am the secretary at Owasso High School. I'm in my 14th school year. The running joke is I'm going to die at my keyboard. So, you know, <laughs> who knows? You might come in and ask for a transcript, and I'll just be sitting there, you know, <laughs> stiff as a board. Um, but I also am a behind-the-wheel driver's ed instructor at Safer Driving School. My all friends right. all think I'm crazy, but, you know, somebody's got to do it, and I enjoy teaching them. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Safer Driving School is where all three of my kids got their permit and their license and their training and all that. And both of mine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just gave a free ad to Safer Driving. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it takes a strong person to be able to do that job. It, it does. It does. But, you know, so, it's I enjoy it. Keeping so. people safe on the road. There you go. So when your story began, were you in Oklahoma or a different state when you were a little girl? I grew up in in central Illinois, Mm -hmm. um, soybean capital of the world. ADM and Staley's Manufacturing are are both in Decatur, Illinois, and and Decatur is known as the soybean capital of the world. I never knew that. Yep. Yeah, if you drive through Illinois, it's either soybeans or corn. Soybeans or corn, yep. (laughs) And and it's not corn like you see here in Oklahoma. If it's not knee-high by the 4th of July... You know, so by the time it's time to to harvest corn, it's it's you know a good six and a half, seven feet tall. Wow! So detasseling in the summer that was a really fun job. <laughs> Hot and sweaty, <laughs> miles and miles and miles of corn. <laughs> so tell us about your growing up. I know your story is kind of interesting. Yeah, um, I grew up as the the oldest daughter of deaf parents. My parents are both deaf. My mom is deceased, but my dad now currently lives with me. But I grew up, I learned sign language at the same time that I began to talk. So when I was five years old, my parents got a phone and I would call doctor's offices and make appointments and, you know, all those things that that we take for granted. That's what I did. And back then, the ADA, um, American Disability Act, hadn't come out yet. And so there was no such thing as interpreters. So I was I was oh, it. Wow. I was the interpreter. I If mom and dad had to go to the doctor, guess who went inside? So I... I went and now I can't say that I five that I was doing all that interpreting, but I do remember that that we got our first phone at the house, and I would make phone calls and Dad would say, you know, I needed to call and ask if they have this car part, and so I would call and, you know, I I was basically kind of like a mini adult from yeah, from right. the age five, you know. Well, and translating, yeah. you were already translating. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean. As a five-year-old would translate. I mean, it wouldn't, you know, I mean, right. definitely not like older person, you know, a teenager or an adult. But, yeah, I've done a lot of, and I really wouldn't call it interpreting. It's it's more called brokering. You know, you have a conversation and I say back verbally what was being said, but not necessarily interpreting, you know, like you would see an interpreter today. So Well, I, I see what your point is. Yeah. And it's true that a five-year-old has lots of limitations of vocabulary, but... To already have the skill of analyzing what you're seeing in sign language from someone's hands and the conversations that's taking place Mm -hmm. and then letting the doctor or the Mm -hmm. pharmacist or the -the fill-in-the-blank know, Mm -hmm. my mom said this, my dad said this. It's pretty remarkable. I know a lot of children that would not have the skills of analyzing and computing and comprehending and then saying this is what I saw so I think that 
even from an early age, would you say that's a God-given gift? That is that a definitely, that? definite God-given gift. And later in life, I became an interpreter while we lived in, in Illinois as, a, as an adult for the school district. But at that time, certification wasn't a thing like it is now, which, and I understand, but I, there has been about a 20-year gap where I just kind of had a a mental block and just couldn't get past that mental block to get my certification. But I got into involved in a program back in late August, and I'm in my last phase and working towards getting certification so that I can become an interpreter. So again, it's that that gift is coming full circle for me. Yeah, and that will open the doors for what it, for you to be able to do anything it, with sign language. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I could I could become an it, it, depending on the the level that I get in my screening test that's called a performance test. Depending on the level that I get would would allow me to like be an interpreter like maybe for somebody to to go take them to to the doctor things like courts you know lawyer situations and stuff or mental health and things like that require a higher level and so the certification is given out in levels and so you have to have a certain certificate a certain level to be able to interpret for schools and for like doctors offices and just basic things and then it works up from there so Wow. So this year was a pretty significant thing that you yes, passed. Yes. This is a very significant celebration. It, it is. I well mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll graduate from the program here in, a, in about, I think I've got two more classes and then, and then I'll be done with that for the most part, a little over a year long program. So, and it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but it's been a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, and as a single mom, that's been really hard, but God made a way and I just persevered and family members stepped in when they needed to and to help out, you know, get Darcy here, there or wherever. My sister stepped up and kind of helped with that on the days that I had school, but it was all done online. And so that was, that was, that was, I mean, it was tough, but yet it was doable. So, mm-hmm. right. so are, are your parents completely deaf? Yes. Or are they, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, completely. My, my dad lost his hearing. <laughs> Around the age of three or four, they're really they're really not sure. He's got a younger brother and a younger sister, and they remember him talking. And then there came a, a period where he didn't talk anymore and wouldn't listen, didn't listen, and got punished by his parents for not listening. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until they took him to a doctor and discovered that he had a hearing loss, they felt ashamed because all this time they had punished him. So they never really talked about it, but my mm-hmm. my aunt does remember that he had he got sick and had a fever. So we as we assessed that probably he got sick, had a high fever, and lost his hearing. But he was so his speech is pretty good. I mean, it's not crystal clear, but I mean I can understand him. You know, and mm-hmm, some people sure. can you know can't understand. But my mom was born uh, premature, and her um, inner ear bones were not developed, and so she's never she had any it. never had any hearing whatsoever. And and you could tell the difference between his speech and her speech. I mean, she was very very Do nonverbal. All your siblings here? Yes, I have a, I have a younger sister. She's four years younger than me, and she hears or she she can hear. Then I've got two children, and she has two children. They're all no no issues, so none of it was really hereditary. It was just dad was a fever and mom just undeveloped, you know, right. undeveloped ears. So mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. nothing hereditary. So what was that like in school? You know, I, it, it's one of those things where I really didn't know any different, mm-hmm. and it was it was just it was what as I got older, then of course the mischievousness and knowing that hmm I could do this and they would never know. 
Um, and oh, so, yes. Did you get away oh, with some Oh, I got away things? with a lot of things. Oh. A lot of things, yes. <laughs> I would, my senior year, I had senioritis the day, the first day of school. And I remember going, skipping school and going shopping. You know, I would go over to Springfield or up to Bloomington or over to Champaign. All, you know, drives that were about 40 to 50 minutes away and just go shop for the day and then come home. And it was, you know, and then I would say, I'd tell my mom, I said, oh, you remember I was sick? I need you to write me a letter. And my mom would write me a letter. So, I mean, I got away with it. Well, then back then you were allowed 20 days per semester to, to miss, which is a lot. That's excessive. 20? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so 10. It's yeah. 10, 10 now. now. It's 10 now. Oh. Yeah. But it was 20 back in the day. And so it was about a week left of school and the Dean of Girls finally caught on to what I was doing. And so she sent a letter home and I didn't get that letter intercepted. And my mom was waiting for me. So for seven days, I went to school every day for seven days so I could graduate. So I can say I do have a high school diploma, but it was, it was a rough road. So, so my girls couldn't get away with anything because I think I had done everything that there was to do. So they had a tough mom's. Okay, so you grew up in Illinois. Did Mm -hmm. you grow up in a church? I did. I did. I grew up in. I grew up in church. My parents went to a an Assembly of God church because it was the only church that had somebody that would that would interpret. But she only interpreted for Sunday school, so we just went to Sunday school and then we come home. Well, some of the people in the church would come pick me up on Wednesday nights and bring me to church and Sunday nights and bring me to church for activities and stuff like that. And my my dad's uh, parents were devout Southern Baptists, and my and his sister and brother and their families were Southern Baptists. So I grew up in the church, and I made a profession of faith when I was younger at camp. Most of those were more what I would consider emotionally led. But he went to the yes. altar, so I think I got to go to the altar, you know, or somebody got baptized. Oh, I want to get baptized, and so so it was wasn't really until. I was in my 30s, and we were going to church there in, in, in Decatur, and we had a, a revival, and it started on a Sunday night, and I think it was just Sunday, Monday, or so yeah, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So on Tuesday evening, God just really got a hold of my heart and said, girlfriend, <laughs> if you were to die tonight, you're not coming to see me. And man, I mean, I was, I mean, all, and really he began working in my heart on Sunday. And I just kept thinking, I, all these excuses, Satan is really, really good. Cause I thought, oh, I'm a Sunday school teacher and I sing in the choir. What will all these people think? And I mean, just, and, and Tuesday night, I mean, it was like, God just said, Debbie, if you don't get out of this aisle and go down front, mm-hmm. it's game over, girlfriend. It's game over. And man, I mean, I ran to that altar, ran to that altar. Cause I knew because I'd grown up in the church. I knew that I didn't have that relationship. I had, it was just, it was an emptiness. Yeah, it was head knowledge. And it was, there was an emptiness there, even though I could, and I could teach a Sunday school lesson like all of them and I could I could sing in the choir all this stuff you know my, my then husband was a deacon you know, well, what are people gonna think but man I'm telling you what that night changed my life I mean it became a a relationship it became something that I I invested in and I knew that night was a life-changing experience for me it was mm-hmm. something that that I will never ever forget I mean even to this day I can remember where I was standing in that church and where I walked. And so it's, I mean, and I got baptized and that was the last time I got baptized. (laughs) (laughs) What a moment of freedom and beauty and redemption. I love how God 
never stops pursuing us. That's right. He was pursuing you. He was. He was. And and I'm thankful that he that he continued to pursue me. But I'm also thankful for that that stiff swat upside the head that you need to take care of this and you need to take care of this now. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, I love how God speaks to us each in our own language. Yes, yes. Because when you were saying that, I was like, that sounds like how Debbie would say that. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, he kind of says it to us in a way that we hear it. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Because yeah. like somebody else might need a softer, like, hey, hey, sister, hey, come on. But for for you, yeah. it's like you do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> like he just speaks to us, however. Exactly. We need to be exactly. To. Yes. Definitely. Very black and white. And that's <laughs> kind of the world that I live in. Very black and white. There's no gray in my world. <laughs> uh, that's why we have fun in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and you had yeah. lots of years color. working together, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T- several yeah. years at Owasso High School working together. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. She had to keep me in line a little bit. <laughs> well, we would love to hear your story that you are ready to share with us about your afraid not. Okay. And we hope that listeners, that as you're hearing this, that the reason we're doing this is that you can identify and know some of you out there may be feeling the very same way. Mm-hmm. And you may be able to identify with the encouragement that Debbie's offering through this story. So please tell us your story. Okay. I am currently divorced and I don't have a, a, a significant other in my life. I was married for 33 years. I survived a rocky period in our marriage after about 19 years. And at that point, I just begged God. We were living in Illinois at the time, and I begged God for my marriage. I mean, I begged and begged and begged and begged, and, and He did. He, he did restore the marriage, and life was, was going really good. But due to a job closure for my ex, he ended up moving to Oklahoma City, he was able to transfer within his company and move to Oklahoma City. And he came out here by himself and realized that that's not what he wanted. And so I came out and spent a week and we decided that this was something that we were going to work on. He was serious about seeing a counselor. And for the most part, you could just tell that God was at work. So we moved here and Amanda and Kayla chose to stay in Illinois, which was really, really hard. I mean, so it's like one day Mm -hmm. I have a family and the next day it's just my spouse and I. At that time, were they in high school um, or younger Kayla, than them? Kayla was in high school. She was a sophomore, and you'd have thought we were moving her to Mars. And <laughs> um, Amanda was already, had already graduated and was going to the community college and kind of living on her own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, was, so we packed up a truck and moved to Oklahoma. And it was, it was hard. It was really, really hard. But I knew that I was doing the right thing, and, and God blessed that, and God honored that. But it was because of the fact that we left our two girls in Illinois. We were we were used to always having kids and their friends, and it was just empty. And that's when God began the the journey of pursuing an adoption in China. There were several families in our church at Council Road yes. uh, that had adopted, and and I can remember one day I was working in the nursery and. One of the gals came to drop off a child or check on a child or something. I don't remember what the deal was, but, and I can remember. And I said, okay, I said, so how much does this cost? The, the one thing you don't ever say, but, you know, <laughs> Debbie went ahead and said it. And she threw out a figure, and I thought, oh, that, that ain't never going to happen. We, ain't, we don't have that kind of money. That's never going to happen. Well, God had other plans. And I, I look back and, and I just look over over the the course of the years, and I, and God knew exactly what He was doing, obviously, because because He is God. But 
he knew that that Darcy that he had created Darcy and he knew that Darcy wasn't going to be kept by her Chinese family. But he also knew that Debbie Roberts at some point was going to need somebody, a, a little sunshine in her life. Mm-hmm. And so in June of 2009, we traveled to China. Uh, Amanda and I traveled to China and, and spent two weeks in China and we got her and brought her home. And, and she's just been, Amanda and Kayla are the joy of my life, but, but Darcy's been that joy that I've needed to get through, get through this, this journey. So in October of 2014, my world got turned upside down once again. My marriage was over and this time I wasn't, I wasn't interested in fixing it. I knew that I knew that it wasn't going to change and it didn't matter how much I wanted to invest in it. It wasn't going to change. And so I wasn't, I wasn't interested in, in pursuing that. And so in November, 2014, after 32 years of marriage, I moved out. I was scared. I didn't know what the future looked like. I didn't know. I just, I didn't know. I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I, you know, where was my next meal going to come from? How was I going to pay the bills? I mean, I was scared to death. But in those darkest, 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 darkest days, God was always there, always there. There were days that God got me up, God got me dressed, and God got me to work. God probably even probably did my job for me. There were many times, I mean, I know I would pop into Jill's office or pop into Dee's office because something, I would hear something or something was said and I would have to go excuse myself. The tears just flowed for what seemed like days upon days upon days. But you know, God is so good. I know in every emotion that ran through my body, I was mad, I was worried, I was frightened, I was, I was mad because I wasn't going to grow old with the person that I thought I was going to grow old with. Right. I was I was worried about how, how am I going to financially afford this? You know, I'm a secretary for a school district. Teachers don't get paid nothing, and you know secretaries don't get paid any, any you know, anymore. So I worried. But, you know, again, God was there, and He provided every dime, and He has ever since. I've been able to pay my bills on time. God's just been God's just been good. I mean, he just he's just been good. You know, he never ever 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 left my side. Never left my side. So, I just remember as things began to unravel in my marriage, and I will say that there was about a year period that I wasn't I hadn't been going to I hadn't been coming to church and things had just kind of derailed. You know, one Sunday turns into four Sundays and then four Sundays turns into four months. Then before you know it, it's it's been 12 months. And so as things began to start unraveling in, in my marriage, I thought, okay, I've, I've got to get back to church. I've got, I, I just have to get back to church. And so I walked in church one Sunday morning and uh, during uh, worship, Joe led the congregation in a song by David Crowder, Come As You Are. And I remember vividly running to the altar during worship and just laying my heart on the altar. Most of us don't ever see that very often. You know, usually it's invitation, you come to the altar, but man, I again, God said, Debbie, I'm here at the altar. Come meet me and I'll take care of your needs. Mm. And so yeah. I came just as I was, broken. He was gonna he was gonna be the one to give me rest. He was gonna be the one to take my sorrow. He was gonna be the one to dry my tears. But you know, it was I was laying down my shame and he was gonna take that. He was gonna take the ashes that I came with and eventually turn it into a beautiful story. And he, and he really has. Mm-hmm. It's been six years since that dreadful day, but God has been so, so good. And I can remember 
going to Pastor Chris and asking him, where do I go from here? What do I do? And he recommended divorce care. And so I did that. And most people tend to want to go to a program that's not associated with their church because they don't want anybody to know. But, you know, again, here, Debbie, black and white. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to my own church. I don't want to go to another church. I'm going to go to my own church. So I did. And because of work conflicts and scheduling conflicts, I couldn't attend all 13 sessions. And so the next time a divorce care rolled around, there, there were still some things that I needed to work through. And I knew that divorce care would be that answer for me. And so, again, not all 13 sessions, you know, And then I think there was maybe a couple sessions that went and then there were some things that I was dealing with. You know, I mean, there were, I mean, I, the biggest thing for me was just the anger. I was, I was just really, really angry and Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to get through that anger. But God just basically said, Debbie, he said, divorce care is coming up and and you need to do this and you need to do all 13 weeks. So you do whatever you got to do to clear Mm -hmm. your calendar so you can go for all 13 weeks. And, and God did, God did exactly what he promised he would do. Um, he met me there. We worked through all of that stuff. And I just, I attended all 13 weeks consecutively. And I broke through some of those things that were really holding me back. I, like I said, I, you know, I had a lot of bitterness. I had a lot of hatred and I needed to deal with that. And, and through that program, I was able to do that. And, and basically that bondage of the bitterness and the hatred kind of was, was very free. Mm-hmm. I feel like my chains were broken and, yes. you know, God is, God is good to, to break those, you know, but God used this journey, this six-year journey to really grow me, uh, to, re- to refine me, to really stretch me, mm-hmm. which I think every, every Christian needs to, I mean, not saying that everybody needs to go through this to, to get to, to this, but, you know, I mean, I think that we get into a point in, in our lives, in our Christian lives, where we kind of grow stagnant. Yes. And, and I think that God will bring things into our lives. God's not a, a, a proponent of, of divorce by any means. But because of this journey that I was on, he used that journey to really stretch me and grow me to where I am. And, you know, there was a period of time where I was really, really hurt. And, you know, you hear uh, the saying that hurt people hurt other people. And there was a time that that I feel like there were things work, um, things with my family where I just lashed out because I was hurting on the inside and I didn't know what to do with that mm, hurt. And so right, you lash right. out at other people. And, and I'm not proud of those moments by any means. But again, you know, God used that uh, to, to show me, um, you know, and heal me from, from all of that. And I, I, I can truly say that today I am a much happier person uh, because I've worked through that journey. And I'm telling you what, that journey is an ugly, messy, hard journey to go through, but it's so necessary. And a lot, I think a lot of people try to, to avoid the journey. They try to avoid the healing. They try to avoid seeing what they have to see and working through that. And so, you know, they, they choose all different kinds. Find, you know, they get into another relationship or they, they, they become a workaholic or, you know, what, you know, whatever their, their vice is. Yeah. Trying to fill that hole. Yes. And I just plowed through that because I knew that if God ever brought somebody else into my life, I didn't want to have any baggage. Now I'm going to have some baggage because I'm Debbie Roberts. So we all, there you go, (laughs) but I'm not going to have any baggage from, my previous marriage to take into another relationship. And that was very, very important to me. Debbie, I think you make a really important point that is something we can all relate to, every human being. 
that we all go through pain. We do. And the thing that is so mysterious is that somehow God uses the pain. Mm-hmm. He does. He has. Because he's so miraculous mm-hmm. and amazing, he has ways that we don't understand, and he uses the ugly things yeah. to turn around and become beautiful. Exactly. And you said you had to work through it. You had to go through and you even mentioned that it took you that first time, well, when you went through the consecutive weeks, that mm-hmm. was when you really felt like you were able to work through mm-hmm. it and it was hard. Yeah. So I just want to stop and encourage any listener who's out there that's thinking, I just don't know if I can do it. I just don't know if I'm as brave mm-hmm. as Debbie, Debbie or I don't know if I can make it through, but the other side is worth it to work through whatever that pain is. So I think you made a really important point in that. I just wanted to talk about that a minute. So yes. the other side may not be tomorrow. I mean, it's been six years. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to exactly. be an immediate That's, thing yeah, a lot it's, of times. It's, it's not. It's, it's a, yeah. It takes time. It's a journey. And you know, and I, one of the things that I always would tell people, you know, when they would ask me about well, how long is this going to take? And I said, you know, everybody's, everybody's timetable is different. You know, your, right. ti- your timetable may be two years you know, it may be, you know, 22 years. I mean, you, you just, it, it, nobody's timetable is the same. It's, but it, 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 time does heal. And I'm extremely thankful for that because, you know, I can look back now and I can see how much I've grown. And the one thing that one of the, the one of the scriptures that really s- stood out to me was the fact that, that God will never leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 6 it says be strong and courageous do not fear or be in dread of them for the Lord your God who is with you he will never leave you or forsake you and I really really held on to that like I said over the the last six years God's really done a lot in my life I can remember a few years back Kayla came for a visit and she her and Amanda helped me. I had a, I mean, my garage was just stuffed full of boxes, boxes of stuff that I brought with me, but really didn't, didn't matter. And so we kind of had a, a Marie Kondo cleaning, <laughs> cleaning of the, of the boxes. And I mean, I'm telling you what, does we took this a, bring you joy? Oh, exactly. And, and, and I, Kayla said that to me repetitively, mother, does this bring you joy? Okay. It's gone. <laughs> so we got rid of a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff went to Goodwill. A lot of stuff went to the trash, but um, she, her and Amanda went shopping and they, and they bought me a, 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 cause everything I had was hand-me-downs or something that I bought off a of Facebook market. I mean, it worked for me. It was practical. It was okay. I mean, I wasn't, you know, wasn't complaining one bit, but they wanted something new for me. Mm-hmm. And so I got a new couch, um, and I got a new TV stand and a, and a little organizer thing and a new table and chairs. And then one day I came home from work and on one wall in the living room, we had had family pictures taken. And so they had decorated the wall with family pictures and had decorated with some scriptures, sayings and, you know, some pictures and things like that. Um, and I, you know, I hold that really, really near and dear mm-hmm. to my heart because right. it was, it was a new beginning for me and they mm-hmm. helped me in that. And so that was really, really precious for me. And I'm going to close with this. I can remember a couple in our church was struggling to, to get pregnant and I remember the guy saying that they had picked out a baby boy outfit and a baby girl outfit, and they prayed over those outfits for that child that God would would bring them. And so one day I was I'd gotten an ad 
in my email about some rings and and I looked and I found this ring and I thought, oh, I really want this. And, and I wear this ring every day and it says it is well with my soul. And it is a daily reminder to me of where God has brought me. And it's also, it's a, it's a reminder for me that that someday God has somebody special for me. I don't know where that person is at. I often say he's lost in the woods someplace. You know, he just hasn't <laughs> found his way out of the woods yet. But you know, maybe I'm still not ready. I don't know, or maybe maybe he's not ready. But I I take it off every night. I mean, every morning I put it back on, and I, I remember that it is well with my soul. Did that couple inspire you by the fact that they were praying? For the babies that they mm-hmm. didn't yet have, but they believed, and they, that inspired yes. you. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe yes. this, yes. and I'm gonna keep praying this yes. and wear this ring. Yes, and and yeah, and that's and that's exactly. And I'm happy to say that they have two precious little boys and a little girl on 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 the way. Mm-hmm. I think she's gonna if if she doesn't come before Friday, she's coming on Friday. But <laughs> just a sweet, sweet couple in our church, and just very, very near and dear to my heart. During their senior year, they were office aides for me at the high school mm-hmm. and just a, a precious, precious, precious couple. And I remember going to their wedding and just mm-hmm. just a neat, neat couple. And they've struggled, and but, you know, God's blessed them. And, and I know that I've struggled, but God's going to bless me one day, too. So yeah. God is good. I've told friends and family members that I kind of, God is my captain. He's He's always the captain of my ship. He's the wind in my sails, and he's the anchor that I hold. But I left a damaged harbor and set out for a new horizon, knowing that somewhere out there on that horizon, God's got something really, really spectacular for me, and I'm waiting for that day. But in in, in the meantime, he just continues to guide me where he wants me to go, and I continue to follow, and I hold, hold that anchor very, very tightly because I know it's because of him I'm where I am today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you what advice would you give to a woman whose world has just been shattered? Um scripture. I mean re I mean I I I mean I poured myself into my Bible. Bible doesn't really talk a lot about divorce, but there's a lot there's a lot of comforting things in the Bible that will get you through those those really really dark days, but I'm telling you what Worship music. Oh my goodness! I mean, I blared that stuff everywhere I was at because I that was what that was what helped me feel close to God. I remember at year nineteen when the first separation happened, there wasn't anything out there. I mean, there were no books. There was no, there was nothing. I mean, nothing. And I remember in my begging of God to restore my marriage, I I remember saying, if I ever have the opportunity to talk to a woman. I will because I had later found out that there were two women in our church that had gone through the exact same thing that I had gone through. And for whatever reason, I, I, I hold no bitterness towards them whatsoever, but neither one of them ever came to me. Their marriages were restored, but neither one of them ever came to me and said, you can get through this or offered me any, there was nothing, you know, and I just felt like I was in this, this boat all by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was so, so lonely, but you know, I didn't really need, I mean, looking back, I, I mean, I really didn't need a book. I didn't need, I mean, yes, it would have been great to have some encouragement, but I just remember telling God that if anybody ever asked me, I would I would be there. I, I would offer an ear or a shoulder to cry on, whatever it was. And God has given me opportunity to help in our church with the ministry for women after they go through divorce care. 
We always recommend that they go through divorce care first and get that healing. And then there's another program that's strictly just designed for women to kind of those next steps. And I've been able to, to to lead a group that way. I've been able to, to, to go to a couple of the divorce care groups and, and help in that as well. And so God has really used this in a big and mighty way. Mm-hmm. Is that ministry available for any listeners who are in the area? Like, could they look it up? Yes, they could. First Baptist Owasso. Is it called Live Again? Yes, I I believe it is called Live Live Again. Again. Yes, Live Again. And I also know there's a group called Shine. Yes. And its sole purpose is let's make community with each other and do things together. Exactly. So if you're a listener thinking, this is what I need. We want to encourage you to reach out to First Baptist Owasso Mm -hmm. website and check out the link for our women's ministries, and you can get in touch with a group that could go, you could do um, the Live Again study, and you could also be a part of Shine Mm -hmm. activities, just fun things. Go to the lake with some girlfriends, go to a movie, or just have some community. And even if you're not in Owasso, most churches in any metropolitan area is going to have some divorce care programs. Exactly. So how important was community for you during this time? It was very, very important. I mean, I had, I had family. My sister lives here and Amanda was here and Kayla was always a phone call away. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, and I had great friends. So I had a support group. And so that was very, very important. But if you're, if you find yourself not having that support group, Go find a church. Get get that support that you need because it's a tough journey. It's an ugly, hard journey, and you have got to have the support. You can't, I mean, i got to say that you can't do it alone, but you shouldn't do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. So, What was one of the main things that helped you to keep from being bitter? I, I think really for me, it was, it was just really just reading God's Word and just understanding that my bitterness— wasn't hurting anybody but me. You know, it's Ooh, kind of that. It's, that's, it's, that's so good. Yeah, and that's it's, true. It is. It's, it, you know, it's like that saying, you drink the poison expecting the other person to die. Well, I was the person that was dying because, mm. I mean, it, it didn't matter to him. He didn't care that I was mad. He didn't care that I was bitter. He didn't, I mean, he, he'd moved on. And so here I was stuck drinking this poison, expecting somebody else to die. And it wasn't, I, I was the one that was dying. And it wasn't until I saw that, that I realized that, I got to, this is not good for me. And so I just, you just make a conscious effort. When Satan starts messing with you, you're like, not today, not today. And I would just, I would rise above that every time. And that takes time. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. It takes time. Now it's like, I can remember early on, we had a six-year-old, Darcy was six at the time and trying to co-parent. Every little thing just really made me mad. And I mean, I'm just sending texts and I was all mad, you know, and Again, the only person that was really hurt was me. You know, it was so over time. I couldn't tell you the last time I sent a text about anything. You know, it's just like okay, it's like okay, whatever. And life is just so much easier and more peaceful when you just let go of all that bitterness and all mm-hmm. that anger and all that rage. But I will say, I mean, it took a while. I mean, it took a while, and I'm I hurt a lot of people in the process, and I'm not proud of that. But God's good. Yeah. God's good. Yeah. And, and and like I said, I'm I'm a very, very happy person today. A much different person than I was six years ago. And I I celebrated not anything significant. I just I went on a trip this summer uh, to Mexico all by myself and I've had a lot of people say, Oh, you inspire me or I couldn't I couldn't do that. I'm like, 
man, if you, go for it. And it was, it was by far the best trip I've ever taken. I, you know, wow. it was no, no timetable. Um, I spent the money that I wanted to spend because I earned that money. I didn't have to ask for permission. Wait did it, on anybody to get ready. Yeah, didn't, yeah, didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have to wait on anybody. I mean, I, I went and did what I wanted, got to do some bucket list items. And so it was, Again, God's good. God's good. And that picture of you with the dolphins yeah, is the best thing. I agree. <laughs> what a great picture. That was. I also just love the goodness of God yes. to give you Darcy. Yes, yes. Darcy is a little ray of sunshine. <laughs> she is. You described her as yes. sunshine. She is. A little she while is. ago. And she, the interactions I've had around her with certain interactions at school and church mm-hmm. and choir, tennis, mm-hmm. I just think she's so delightful. She, she is. is such a sweetheart. She is. She and is. the fact that you have such a precious moment with her to just get her through. Yes. You know, here she is. High school's around the corner. Yes, it is. I just, I think it's so wonderful. Yeah. That yeah. God gave you yes. Darcy. Yes. And that I, God gave Darcy. Yes. 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 Definitely. Definitely. We, we, needed, we needed each other. Yes. And he knew that. When he knit her in her mother's womb, uh-huh. um, but he knitted her in my heart, and so you know she and wasn't. She's gonna be in your building next year. She, well, close. yeah. She, I mean, oh, she, yeah, yeah, close. yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. She, she is the the joy in my life, as is as is Amanda and Caleb. But they're not in my life daily, you know, like mm-hmm. like she is. She is a, a ray of sunshine, and you know, I just I know that when when God created her, He knew exactly what He was doing because He knew that I needed her, mm-hmm. and so yeah pretty special yeah very very special very special mm-hmm. and she is she is she's a she is a ray of sunshine wherever she goes she's always got a smile and I don't think the kid has a bad day unless I'm on her about something that's about the only time <laughs> about the only time she has a bad day so <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing your well, story thank you thank you I was it was an honor to be asked and privileged to share I'm happy that I, I can share and I hope that um, what I've said today reaches somebody and helps them in their journey. And it really, it's an answer to a prayer. It is. It you really prayed, is. I did. And you told us about the prayer. Lord, yes. I will tell someone. Yes. I will help. Yes. I will speak up. And so the fact that you have done this tonight is, is vulnerable. Yeah. And it's a true uh, reflection on God's redemption mm-hmm. of it our is. pain. It is. And it's an encouragement for every listener. Yes. So yes. we just thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Listeners, we are so glad that you were tuning in today to episode number 76 with Debbie Roberts, and we appreciate Debbie's story so much. My favorite thing that Debbie shared from her story is this beautiful metaphor. She said, God is the captain of my ship. He is the wind in my sails and he is the anchor in the waves. It reminded me of Hebrews 6.19, which says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And so listeners, you might have needed that today. God is your anchor. He is firm and secure for you. Remember, if you are dealing with a divorce or struggling with something in that area, please check out your church home or somewhere in the area for divorce care. Um, Make sure you rate and review and subscribe, and we will see you back again in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye.